just one of each of these to I think I got enough for everybody today thought I'd save those for this little part because you had a lot of stuff kind of already in your bulletin to uh, to read there and uh, it's about once a year I think it was probably around this time last year that I was able to come and be with you and talk to you a little bit more about uh, the greater work that you are a partner in the greater family that you're a partner in called River Valley Mission Network your church has been a part of our association for many many years I understand next year you'll be celebrating your 125th anniversary. That's a pretty big deal, right? Think about that. A church that's been around for 125 years, right? Where's, where's Loretta? You remember when the church first began, Loretta? You were, she, <laughs> she was one of the founding members. <laughs> anyway. That's something to be very proud of and to celebrate and praise God for a church that God has allowed to be a witness and a presence and a blessing for that many years. So looking forward to, to that time. You're a part of a family of about 31, 32 churches right now in this area. And uh, there's a greater work of church planting going on all across northern Arizona. And the information tells you a little bit about that the work that I'm involved in as your missionary. And so uh, this is always a chance for me to say thank you so much for your prayers and for, uh, for your support. Um, I am very uh, excited to have also, you all have met Stephen Keeley, I'm sure many times here. They're visiting once a month and doing your Celebrate Recovery on Tuesdays. They do Monday in Peach Springs, Tuesday in Chloride, again Thursday in Peach Springs. Thursday again in Peach Springs with our new work there and other places as well. They are very busy in a very unique ministry called Celebrate Recovery. And I just praise God for what he's doing through Stephen Keeley and through uh, that ministry here and lots of other places. Peach Springs is one of the places where we're starting a new church. And so that's been our strongest ministry there in that community. That's what allow, That's what is allowing us to really make the most impact right now in the Speech Springs community. So you can read all that stuff later. Just tuck it away to read uh, later on and, and things for you to know about and, and pray about and uh, just informs you about the work that you are helping pray for and support uh, as, as one of our churches. So I want to I take you to the scriptures uh, for just a few minutes today before we have the Lord's Supper as well. To the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 31. There are probably about nine or ten places in the book of Acts, as you know. Some of your, some of your Bibles might say the Acts of the Apostles. Some say a better name is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, a record of how the Holy Spirit worked in and through early believers and the early church to spread the gospel, to spread God's kingdom and how he is still doing that to this day. The book of Acts is a model for us as God's church. And one of the things I like to talk about on River Valley Days is not only a little bit about the larger work, which I'll mention in a moment as well, but just a little bit about the church. Sometimes we just need to step back and sort of take a picture of the church. Acts 9.31 is, is one of about eight or nine 
pictures or portraits in the book of Acts where it's telling us all about how the church began and how, how they're being persecuted and what they're challenged with and how they're growing and how they're overcoming obstacles all the way through the book of Acts. In fact, the very last word of the book of Acts is the word unhindered, which really in one word sums up the whole message of the book of Acts. It is a record of a sacred inspired record of how the church unhindered was, going, was, was overcoming all the obstacles, all the challenges, not because of who they were and what they were doing so much as because of who the Lord God is and what he was doing in and through them. Now, if we do anything here in chloride for the kingdom of God, it's really not about who we are and what we do as much as it is about who he is and what he is doing in and through us in this place. And so everything we see in the book of Acts, I believe, is meant to be for God's church right here, right now, today. And so it's good sometimes to stop and take a picture. It's kind of like when maybe you're driving on the road somewhere and you see something, you know, maybe a cactus blooming or something. You say, oh, i got to stop and take a picture of that, you know. Oh, you see the tourist out in the middle of the road. There's like five of them in the middle of the road taking a picture of a cactus, you know, and you have to slow down so you won't run over them, you know. They've got to take a picture. It's kind of like when you're hiking in the mountains, you know, whenever you, you know, once in a while you walk up to the top of the surbats here, right, just for a little walk, a little stroll. And, and you look back and see where you come from. And you see the little town of Chloride down there. You, you're getting a picture in your mind and a portrait in your mind of where you come from and where you're going. Acts 9, Acts 9 verse 31 is just such a picture. So throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, it tells us that the church enjoyed peace. They were being built up. They were going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they continued to do what? To multiply, to increase. So it's like the Word of God. It's like the Holy Spirit just stops for a moment and clicks and takes a picture of the church. Not so just so we would know what the church looked like in that day, but that we could, we could look at this and say, does this look like the church in chloride? Now, when we're talking about the church, and, and, and your, your sister church in Dolan Springs has learned this in a new way, that we're not talking about the building. We're not talking about the facilities. And they're discovering that, uh, you know, when they're, now that their church is burned and uninhabitable, and the one across the street, as you know, was burned all the way to the ground, they have not ceased to be the church. Because when we talk about the church, we're not talking about the facilities, are we? We're talking about the people of God and the way God works in and through his people to do the work of his kingdom. And so that's why it begins in verse 31 of Acts 9 with this really interesting part of the picture. It says, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. It doesn't even say churches, but it says the church and Judea and Galilee and Samaria was doing these things, was becoming these things. And it's really, talk, it's really given us what you might call a collective picture of God's church. This was God's church at the same time in all of these places. Now, that's, that's what's really significant about the Christmas Child video. 
because you know you're a part of that and you give to that and so it's like chloride is being the church in these places where children get shoe boxes that's why being a part of the cooperative program we, we, I, we don't talk about that near enough and there's always missionaries your own missionaries that are available to come and speak if you just ask them to come and you are a part of, of praying for and supporting over 10,000 missionaries in 100, about 150 different countries, as well as Canada and the United States. And so in a very real sense, chloride is the church in, you name it, Canada, Africa, Russia, Afri wherever it may be. Chloride is, is, is the church in those places because you have a part in the work of God in those places through your prayers and through your support. That's why missions in our church is such a huge deal. Because it, it takes us beyond these doors and beyond our own community, even beyond our own state and country, and reminds us that God's mission for us right here at Chloride Baptist Church is to reach the world beginning in chloride. Not stopping in chloride, but just beginning in chloride, reaching the world. Now you also have another unique way of doing that because Pastor Ralph is very gifted, I think, in, in uh, the internet, putting messages on the internet. Uh, already this month you've had about 900, 900 hits. You know, what, you know what the hits are, right? Every time somebody clicks on your church and listens to the message, and uh, you've got all kinds of countries involved. The most recent ones are, you said, Argentina. Brazil's overtaken China this year. Brazil's overtaken China. So you could take this same verse, and you could say, the chloride church in China, Argentina. You know, and it sounds strange to say that, but that's really what you're being when you have a way to shine and to be a witness in all those places. You see, we have to do that for one very basic reason, is because if we don't, what we do is we gradually turn more and more in on ourselves, And this little building becomes our refuge. And we, and we get the idea that somehow God has called us to build his church. Now, I challenge you to show me anywhere in the Bible where it tells you and I to build God's church. Jesus said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. That's his job. My job, and you've probably heard me say this before as your missionary, is to be God's church in the world. And if our focus will be on being the church in the world, God will build our church in ways that we have not even imagined. Celebrate Recovery is such a wonderful ministry because you are being the church in the lives of people who are struggling with addiction. Every time I think of chloride, because we've been involved here for so many years, for 20 years now, uh, next to Loretta, I might be one of the oldest, and maybe John or whatever, you know, getting there anyway. And uh, I always think of the children of chloride. I think of the many times that we brought groups out here, you know, to youth groups to do your Bible school. I think of times that we found children sleeping in the old tires in the park because the parents had not come home and so they needed a little place to sleep uh, or under the rocks, you know, in the creek nearby or something like that. And I think of one of the most unique and most important ministries that God has given 
Chloride Baptist Church, and it will always be, I think, probably your most urgent ministry is a ministry to children. And I, and I hope that we would never, ever do anything to keep children from coming to this place, which may, for some of them, be the only safe place. But even more importantly, the place where they find salvation, the place where they hear the truth, the place where they find Jesus. And I, I, re, and I remember what Jesus said about little children. You remember what he said? Let all the little children come unto me. And he, said the, and he even said, the one who hinders the little children to come unto me, what, what should happen to them? Big millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. Uh, I think Jesus had a heart for kids. I think he loved children. And you love children. And, and just keep that as a vibrant ministry in your church and do everything you can to get kids in this place because God has already shown you that while you minister to all ages of people, you have a special ministry to children. Love on them, gather them, get involved in their homes, and through your ministry to them, just like you're being the church in different parts of the world, you become the church in this home, and that home, and that home because you're touching that child or that family. And it may be, as you know, just for a little while before they move somewhere else or move away or whatever. Um, but, but, that, but that's the ministry and the mission that God has given you. So we are called to be the church in the world, everywhere in the world. And the only way that that can happen is, you know, we can't take this, this little building almost 125 years old, and planted all these places, right? So how does it happen? Well, it happens everywhere I go, that God works in and through me to shine for him, to share him. I am his church, and my mission is to be his church in all the places I can and all the places that I go. It says that the church in all these places enjoyed what? What does it say? To go back to Acts 9.31. What does it say? They enjoyed peace. Now, that must mean that they never disagreed, <laughs> never had an argument. Uh, what, what does it mean they enjoyed peace? Probably this was a time in the history of the early church, and it was just probably a short period of time for the church, in this region at least, where they were not undergoing persecution and that did not happen for very long, okay? But they were enjoying peace, and they, were, they, were, they had great favor with the, the people where they were and around them. Now, one of the things that we can claim as we look at our picture, okay, of Chloride Baptist Church is, can we be a church at peace? Can we be a church that that uh, preaches the peace of God, experiences the peace of God, that has great favor in this little community because people look at Chloride Baptist Church and even if they may not darken these doors, they know there's something special about the people in that place, not just because of what they do on Sunday morning, but because of who they are and how they live and how they share every day of the week. That's part of the peace that the church was experiencing. Now what about something even more personal and deeper than that? 
the peace that I experience, unlike any other, when I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes into my life as my personal Lord and Savior, the scripture says in Ephesians 2, the Apostle Paul wrote it this way. He said that Jesus is the one that breaks down a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, between sinner and God. He breaks down the wall between us and God. And he, and he says of Jesus that he himself is our peace. He himself, the Lord Jesus, is our peace. Now, when God gives me peace, he doesn't give me a little measure of peace and so when I run out, I have to ask for some more. And how many times have you found yourself praying and asking God, God, would you give me some peace? And there's nothing wrong with that prayer. But I think we need to understand that when we have Jesus already in our life, not only do we have peace, but we have the one who is peace living and dwelling in us. Doesn't that just stir your heart to think, no, God, does the, God doesn't just give me peace and power and his presence. He gives me the one who is his peace, who is his power, who is his presence inside my life, living and dwelling in me and working in and through me every day to continue to do his work. That's why the church is called the body of Christ, because we're his body. And so what about that peace? Is that the peace that I experience in my life today? Where Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. That's the peace he wants us to have. And that's the peace he wants us to enjoy. And this is the quick intermission in my sermon. <laughs> Let's pray for our sister. She goes to Flagstaff and has her surgery tomorrow. Okay, Father, thank you for Miss Loretta and for her heart and for her ministry and for, Lord, just the wonderful legacy she has in this church, in this community. We pray that you would bless our sister tomorrow as she goes to have her surgery. Lord, you take care of everything that needs to be done. Be with the doctors and nurses, but be with Loretta. Just give her a peace, take care of all her needs. Bring her back to us soon. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank Amen. you. All right. Loretta was telling me she's having plastic surgery. It's just on her eye. It's just on her eye, but I thought, wow, we'll see what she looks like when she comes back. So the question for us and the picture for us is that of enjoying the peace of God. You know, not, not always trying to find it or ask for it, but it, it being so real in our life and Jesus being so real in our life that we enjoy his peace. It thrives in our hearts. It thrives in our lives every day. And that's what the word of God tells us that we, we, we can enjoy from him. Be anxious for nothing, the scripture says in Philippians, but by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then there's the promise. And the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of peace that we experience and enjoy. What is the next thing it tells us about the church in Acts 9.31? They were the church in all these places and they enjoyed peace and they were being what? 
strengthen. Okay? Some translations say built up. Some say edified. And that's where we get our word edify in the Bible. In the word edify, it's, I think it's really interesting, it is, it is from the same word in the Bible for the word for house. It literally means the building of a house or a building. And that's why you get that translation, building up. It reminds us that in, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have a mission not only in the world, but we have a mission to one another to do what? To build up one another. But here's the problem. We, we, we like to take you know, the word edify, the picture of edification, and we like to sort of define it our own way. And, you know, and, and so the Bible says it this way, you know, let no, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only, let, only speak what is good for edification. And so when I speak an unkind word to another brother or sister, I'm not edifying them. I'm not building them up. I'm doing what? I'm tearing them down. But then we try to turn that around, you know, because the Bible also talks about speaking the truth in love. The Bible also talks about holding each other accountable, helping each other with our individual houses, living in each other's houses, and helping each other grow spiritually. And so when I go to another brother and, 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 or sister and I say, to, I say to your brother, I'm concerned, Mark, about what you're struggling. I'm just using it as an example. I'm concerned, my brother, with what you're struggling with. How can I help you? How can I pray for you? I'm not judging him. He might want to say that because he doesn't want me to bring it up or he doesn't want to deal with it. But what I'm really saying is, my brother, I love you enough to be here for you, and I believe that our mission together is to live life together. And if I can help you grow and strengthen you spiritually, I want to be able to do that as your brother. And so edification kind of works both ways. We, we need to build each other up, and we need to be willing to let others build us up. We need to let them come into our house, and the word there is oikos, which is also the word for edify. We need to let them come into our house and spend some time in our house. When you have a good friend, you ask them over, right? Well, when you have a brother or sister, and you're truly edifying one another, you invite them over to your spiritual house. And you open the door, you say, come on in, have a seat. And you know they might look around and say, you know, your house is kind of messy here. <laughs> what do you do about it? You know, your house is kind of cluttered. Are you one of these hoarders or something? You know, what are you going to do with all this stuff? And, and if you have the right heart and the right attitude, you realize, I need a brother or sister to tell me that in love. I need them to speak the truth in love. And if I will let them do that and I'll just be honest and humble, they, they can help build me up and help me deal with some things that, that maybe I haven't wanted to deal with in a long time. And so the process of edification takes place in that way. I keep inviting my brothers and sisters into my spiritual house and I keep letting them live there a little while or visit there a little while and together we work to get each other's spiritual house in order. Why? Well, so I can be built up. Built up for what? Built up to be strong and healthy in my faith. Built up to be strong spiritually. 
built up to be able to carry out the mission of God in and through my life and built up so that God's church can be strong and healthy to carry out its mission. That's why God says, you know, I gave apostles and prophets and teachers and all that. He says, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so we want to do everything we can to build up the body of Christ in this place. It's not about getting more people in these pews. It's about building up the people of God so that the church of God, who is his people, can carry out the mission of God. And so it says they were building up. They were being built up. Now, what's the next thing? There's a couple more things before we finish. That was at the end. They multiplied. But right in between there, right between building up and multiplying. They were what? And there's something right before that, too. They were going on or walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It puts those, things, those two things together. They were going on, or literally the word, the word there is walking, in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Another snapshot in that portrait, we're looking in a little bit closer and we're seeing what was going on in the daily lives of God's people and God's church. They daily were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Now, is the fear of the Lord uh, being afraid of what God could do and might do if I don't follow him, if I rebel against him, if I don't do what he's called to do? Or is the fear of the Lord just that reverence and awe of God? Which one? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a healthy fear of God because he is God. And he can do whatever he wills to do. And he is in control. And he is a jealous God. He is, he is a God of justice. And he will have the last word. And God has a lot to say about sin in this world. And, and you know, when people give you this thing of, you know, um, you shouldn't think this way. You're, you're being judgmental of my lifestyle and all that. And I don't like, I don't like uh, you know, your opinion or whatever. You know, I think a good answer is say, you know, it really doesn't matter what I think. I agree with God. And God thinks this. God, God says this. And so I'm going to agree with him. Now, why am I going to agree with you? Because you've changed who God is and what he thinks is right or wrong or, or this or that in the world. I'm just going to agree with God and his word because his word makes it very plain what he thinks about these things. And so because of my fear of God, I'm going to agree with God. Because of my fear of God, I don't want to be in a place. You know, it's hard enough to, agree, to disagree with a person. But I'll tell you what, I don't want to be in a place where I disagree with God. Okay? I'm going to agree with him. Whether it doesn't matter whether it's convenient or comfortable, it's like what God says, that's what I think, that's what I believe. And we are being challenged more and more in this world today, aren't we? To stand for the truth. And that's the way we do it. We don't say, well, here's what I think. We say, here's what God thinks, and I agree with him. And I have a fear of God. 
Well, they were walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit gives us that picture of the Holy Spirit, who He is and how He works in our life. He's called the paraclete or the one called alongside us. But He is the very presence and power of God within us. He is God. He is God. We know that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And sometimes just read, not now, but sometimes just read the whole 14th chapter of John that tells about all the different things the Holy Spirit does. How he dwells in us, and through his presence that where Christ is, there, there we can be also. How he convicts us, how he opens the word of God to us, to our understanding. How he empowers us to be a witness. The Holy Spirit has a very powerful and specific role to play in our lives. So, the picture of the church is a picture of people who daily walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, then it finally says, what? Uh, because of all these things, and as a result of all these things, as a natural outgrowth and, and, and result of all these things, they simply multiplied. Not just grew, but multiply is more than that, right? Mm -hmm. The word also is increase. But, you know, they weren't just growing a little. I mean, they were increasing. That's why in, this, in the Acts you find the 3,000 saved, the 5,000 saved, and then it just refers to them as a, as a multitude. You know, we think, well, you know, that, maybe that was some kind of special miracle in the book of Acts, but it was a miracle to be sure. But it happens a lot quicker and a lot easier than we realize that when we, when we share our faith with as many people as we can and those people share with as many people as they can and the ones that they just led continue to do that, it, it is not any time at all before we see the witness of God, the salvation of our community multiplied. And so as a church, what are we looking for as far as spiritual growth in our church and our community? Let's not look for subtraction, and let's certainly not look for division, and let's not even look for additions, but let's look for what? For the people of God, the witness of God in this place and through this place to the world to literally multiply over and over again through us and to, to the point that we won't even know how many people are being affected by the witness of Chloride Baptist Church, at least this side of heaven. And that's exactly the way it, it should be. So I just want to challenge us today with this picture and, and just come back to that simple reality that it's not about our building, it's not about even a name on our door, it's not about our programs and all that. It's about the way that God is at work in and through our lives, every one of us, every day in the world, because he's called us to be the church everywhere. I want to challenge you today to think about whether you have experienced true peace in your life, a peace that comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's let the word of God challenge us today, every day, to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and let's let God bring the increase. Amen.
Let's pray together. As we come to the end, end of our service and a time of sharing the Lord's Supper together, let me just ask you just to sort of in your own mind, mind's heart right now, to let's let God give you a picture of your life before him as only he can do and of course be very honest in that because he knows me better than I could ever know myself so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give God a, an altered picture or a doctored up picture or a glamour shot <laughs> I'm gonna say God here's who I am and I just want you to show me God exactly how you see my life today and I want to ask you that question if if you are being the church in the world because Christ is so real and so present in you that he's with you wherever you go, he's working in and through you wherever you go, and that's not even possible without that personal relationship to Christ. So that's the most important decision and question right now today. Do I know for sure that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Not that I come to church, not that I read the Bible, not that I even believe in God, but has there been a time in my life that I admitted that I was a sinner and I invited Jesus to come into my life and be my Savior, and I know that I have a relationship with Him that's changing my life forever. If, if you're not sure of that, the greatest prayer, most simple and needed prayer you can pray right now is to simply say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and my heart today. I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to come and live in and through me. Become real to me. I want to be on a whole new journey with you today. Let that, a prayer like that be your prayer today. And that decision will change your life forever. And maybe as, even as a member of the body of Christ, God's spoken to you sort of afresh and anew about the, your mission in the world and maybe you've kind of uh, believed that lie that you know I, I can't go anywhere or do very much maybe I'll just pray and praying's great but God has things for you to do and God has ways he wants to work in and through you would you just pray right now and say God whatever that is let my body be an instrument for you let my life be a vessel that you pour out in the world and God, whoever you want me to speak to and share with, and maybe it's one of these children in, in a town, Lord, just use me. Give me the words to say and, and put it on my heart every day to make a difference in someone's life in this place and wherever I go. And God, help me to walk in the fear of you and the comfort of your Holy Spirit. God, make that real to me what that means in my life every day to fear you and to experience the presence and power of your spirit. And then, God, I'm just going to expect you to multiply that in my life, in my church, in my community, in whatever way you desire. And I just thank you, Lord, for letting me be a part of it. So, Lord, we thank you that you've given us this picture today. And, Lord, as we share in this supper together, a remembrance of the blood you shed for us, a remembrance of your body given as a sacrifice for us. Lord, let us remember that you've called us to carry on your work in this world, to be your body in this world, and as we remember you in this way today, let us also remember 
the mission you've given us every day. For we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.